Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Welcome to the Oxygen Star Podcast, where we bring you adventures, books, and conversations, your ABCs, from 11,000 feet. I'm Stacy. I'm Christopher. And with us, as always, is producer Doug. Hello. Hi, Doug. Happy Hi, New Doug. Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. This is our first recording time back since we've come back. Yeah, we had banked the earlier episode for January, so yep. this is the first one actually in January that will be released in, in January in 2020. 2020. And we should say it's a windy day here today. So windy, and windy night last night was, oh, it was crazy. crazy, just They're, pounding. I got sandblasted in the car coming up through Little Round Valley this morning, and then out in front of Crowley, you would have seen it, an entire semi on its side blown off 395. Crazy. Everyone, drive carefully this winter. Yep, for sure. And remember to check the road conditions before you head out. (laughs) So Christopher, want to get started with our latest adventure? Yeah, we kind of went on a different tack with our adventure this time, didn't we, Stace? A little more subtle this time. Well, you know, we decided that in the winter months especially, you can have adventures indoors. Yes, this is true. And I don't know about you, but many of my adventures, the memories are defined by what I ate. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided this time um, we would go have our adventure highlighting a local Eastern Sierra institution. Yes. And we picked a good one. Yeah, we really did it. And it's one that's probably familiar to many, many of our listeners. It's uh, the Schatz Bakery. Yes. The famous Schatz Bakery. Which has been in Mammoth for decades. My dad, when he was a UPS driver here in the 80s and early 90s, used to have lunch with the cops here at Schatz Bakery and come back and tell us all what was going on, that kind of <laughs> and stuff. And was, was it an institution then, too? I believe like it an immediate, was. It was an immediate sensation. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, there's not that many places in Mammoth that have been around that long. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And it is really well known. I mean, you see their the bread is kind of, you can even find it in some mainstream super, supermarkets. Their sheep oh, herders yeah. bread is the sheep famous. sheep bread is so good. I think all of their snacks and <laughs> pastries. pastries are really good. Well, so the... As I understand it, the sheep herders' bread is kind of a Basque thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. Uh, there's a there are shepherds. Yep. Up here in the area and been around for very very as long as there have been, you know, Western settlers here. Uh, and so the bread has been around for decades. Yes. And has become a local staple. And the 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 family has been here for a really long time. And mm-hmm. They've there aren't just shots bakeries here in the Eastern Sierra. There. Are they're kind of all over the place. Right. There's one, the one in Bishop has been an institution as mm-hmm. well since I was knee high to a grasshopper. And today it's like this big Dutch building full of all sorts of tasty treats that gathers a lot of people off of the highway, it's, off of Main Street. Both of them do. It's always crowded. It's always crowded. <laughs> With good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Tasty, yes. tasty, not so healthy for you treats and, and, you said excellent coffee. Yes. I loved the coffee that I had the other day. <laughs> but you did a little research. So tell us a little bit yeah, about so Schatz. The Schatz family, there is actually a Schatz bakery in Utrecht, Holland. I ah, hope I'm saying that correctly. Utrecht. 
Utrecht. And the dad of the family, um, he came over to the United States in 1950. He saw some GIs driving down the road and said, hey, I want to go to the United States. So he joined up and (laughs) came here and brought his family shortly thereafter, seven kids. And of the seven kids, five of them became bakery owners. It's a family so it's family a vocation. Family tradition. And I'm sure the recipes are, you know, came from Holland. They certainly taste authentic. They're really good. They're really so there good. are shots. You mentioned them already where they are. There are there's shots in Bishop and Bishop Mammoth. Bishop and Mammoth in Carson City. Carson City. In Mendocino County. In Ukiah. So the family is spread around. All over the place. Yeah. In Montana, Laguna Beach. Mm. They just seem to be everywhere. So they're everywhere. But they're still institutions. They're destinations within a destination, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And I know that especially the one ones here in Mammoth and Bishop are places that people who come here to ski or come here to hike or enjoy the Eastern Sierra, stopping at shots is often uh, on the itinerary, a regular stop oh, absolutely. on the itinerary. So, absolutely. My, my first few times coming up here, we had to go there and I didn't really <laughs> understand why until I had talked to more people that lived mm-hmm. here and they explained kind of the, the, institutional nature, you know, that it's, you know, just the place that you go when you come here. Yeah. So get some tasty pastries. Yeah. So So you can go have a little mini Dutch adventure in the, your Eastern Sierra adventure. Yes, absolutely. So the next time you're up here, listeners, don't forget to make a stop at Schatz Bakery. Check it out. Absolutely. Let us know what you think. And we're not restaurant critics and this isn't a commercial. (laughs) This was a legitimate, like it's a thing to do. We had to go. (laughs) Check it out. We may incorporate more of these foodie kind of adventures going forward. Yeah. So if you have recommendations for places we should experience. Yeah. Hit us up. (laughs) Take a breath and we'll be right back. Oh, you're really letting the oxygen out of my tank here. Oxygen, a colorless, odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number eight and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved, suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen-Starved Podcast, a colorless, odorless, culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now. Welcome back, listeners. We're at the B section of our podcast, the book section. I'm so excited. You are excited. I am. I've been dying to discuss this book. So this time we chose a current book that's on the bestseller list now. You can find it in the libraries and the bookstores. Um, it's a quirky book. <laughs> Very quirky. And it's a book that pulled me in first. He's a, he's a great author, um, but the book first pulled me in by its jacket. It's quite a provocative cover. It's a little kid in flames. Yes. <laughs> Engulfed in flames. The book is called Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. And it just came out. It's on, again, as I said, it's on a number of bestseller lists, getting a lot of good reviews. Um, some of you may recognize Kevin Wilson from his previous books. Uh, the last one was Perfect Little World. And then he's really well known for a book I also loved called The Family Fang, which came out earlier in 
this decade, last decade, um, and was made into a movie. So, with Nicole Kidman. With no Nicole less. Kidman and... Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. I was going to say that guy from Arrested Development, which is a bad way of saying it. <laughs> but if you're familiar with Family Finger, either of those books, you'll recognize, you'll know that Kevin Wilson has a certain approach yes. to characters um, and, and a really quirky approach, which I think is one of the things that appealed to us about this book, right? Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about it. So the story is... Um, uh, it does involve kids who burst into flame. So that's not giving anything away. That's part of the premise of the, of the novel, of right. the story. Yep. So um, let, let's just set it up from the very beginning. There are these two schoolgirls, Madison and Lillian, who are going to private school in Tennessee. I believe yep. it's Tennessee, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, this is, you know, years ago. And something happens. Uh, I should say Lillian is a scholarship girl. She kind of right. comes from a single parent family. Other side of the tracks. Other side of the of tracks, girl. exactly. And all the characteristics that you would expect of that scrappy, intelligent, driven, um, and really doesn't want to lose her opportunity to better herself in life. She befriends Madison, who comes from a wealthy family, and all the things that would characterize that really spoiled, well taken care of, and kind of entitled, but good at heart. And they become good friends in in boarding they're, school. They're roommates. They're roommates yeah. in boarding school. Exactly. And then something happens and it becomes a choice. Um, really only one of them can stay. We won't go into what that is. Right. Um, but it ends up, Madison ends up staying in school and Lillian leaves and goes back to the other side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And the book then picks up 15 years later. Madison has gone on and gotten married. Lillian is still kind of um, peddling in place, right? Yeah, she's just still is a little lost. Yeah. Doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. And so out of the blue, Madison reaches out and offers Lillian a job as this kind of quasi-nanny to her two stepchildren. Right. Who are twins. Who are twins. Bessie and Roland. Roland. Right. Uh, And those are the twins that are combustible. And so Madison, uh, again, without giving anything away, Madison Mm -hmm. has married a politician, a very prominent individual in Tennessee. She has become a politician's wife. They have their own child, a young boy named Timothy, who's two years old. Mm -hmm. And these twins, I believe they're 10 or 11. I would say about 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're from the previous marriage, mm-hmm. her husband's previous marriage, and their mother is no longer in the picture. They So they really have no recourse but to come back and live with their father, meaning live with their stepmother. Mm-hmm. And because they are combustible, they literally burst into flames when they get upset. Correct. Right? And they don't hurt they don't. themselves. No, the flames don't hurt them. But they can hurt. Others. They burn off clothes. They right. hurt anyone who tries to handle them. Her you know, furniture. Her furniture. <laughs> exactly. So their father, who is very wealthy, um, who is taking them back and wants them back, um, I think through their best of of intentions, has created kind of like a guest house for them on mm-hmm. their magnificent Tennessee mansion property. Right. And the guest house is outlined with sprinklers and fireproof this right. and everything that, and it's just for the kids and their nanny. Right. right. Lillian. Lillian. Yes. So um, part of the story, as you would expect, is Lillian learning that these kids combust. 
<laughs> while she's also learning how to be essentially a de facto mother to these children. A de facto She parent. is the caretaker for these two kids 24-7. Yeah, which she's not done before. She doesn't no. have this experience. And in fact, in the book, there are a couple passages on more than one occasion where she's just like, like many parents must do, new parents at least, kind of fly by the seat of the pants, right? Totally. And she's like, oh, this is what parenting is. It's right. like you know, giving them what they want or giving them a safe home or what have you. And of course, I'm sure any parent reading this is like, well, it's a lot more than that. But she has yet to discover it. Right. So it's, I thought one of a really cute scene is when she's sitting down and she's making a list. What are all the things that I can do to keep these children from getting, becoming on fire? It was <laughs> right. really, really funny. And, um, <laughs> you know, really shows <laughs> to me, it gave Lillian a sense of, you know what she's, she already like right from the get go. And there's a, kind of a, an incident that might, mm-hmm. that happens that might not have led her to be this way mm-hmm. when she first meets the kids, but she really takes to them right away and really thinks about how to care for these kids. Yeah. How to be a de facto parent, right? right? Yep. Um, and really kind of takes it on as a project. You know, yes. she, she's not, she's not fearful of this. She's no. just like, okay, we're going to make this work. Yep. Because she bonds so easily with these kids, she kind of sees, I think, a little bit of herself in them or a little bit of them in her, do you think? Perhaps. I I hadn't thought about that so much as that she taps into this like inner motherhood mm-hmm. gene or something mm-hmm. that, that's kind of been inside of her all the time that I don't think she ever thought she had. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, like you say, for a new parent, a first-time parent especially, you know, there's so much fear that goes into <laughs> those months preceding when the child is born. And you, you know, at least I did, you know, question like every single day, I hope I don't screw up this child's life, right. you know? Um, and I think that's kind of a, a theme about throughout this book, the author is trying to talk about the responsibilities of parenting. Sure. And, you know, showing these kind of archetypes of people who really want to succeed and Mm -hmm. want to do well by these children Mm -hmm. and parents who don't. Yeah. Right. You know. And how different people would approach that. The stepmother, Mm -hmm. Madison, her previous school chum, they're still kind of friends. Um, there's kind of a weird relationship yep. there. It's still very much Madison, I think, from my perspective, taking advantage of Lillian without giving anything away. But, um, you know, Madison approaches parenting, especially of stepchildren, in a very different way. You know, I, I often wondered when I, as, as I was reading this book, is does Madison kind of want Lillian to fix these kids and then give them back to her? Right. Right. You know, make it so that they don't catch on fire. Right. Yeah. Just fix them. And then I'll take over and be the perfect mom. Yeah. yeah. And which she, she just can't be. Yeah. Cause she doesn't know how to, uh, I think emotionally handle that. I think their solution is let's build them a safe house. Right. And bring in someone who can kind of be with them 24 seven. Exactly. And give them all the other, the fire retardant outfits and the gel that they buy by like the... Right. The stuntman gel. Yeah, the stuntman gel. To keep the flames from... (laughs) 
taking off. The, you know, a comment you made just a few minutes ago really just clicked with me, making a list to keep these kids happy or to keep mm-hmm. the anxiety or, or, or right. the anger or what have you from rising. That must be something that parents think about regularly. Oh my God, all the time. I mean, and, you know, particularly if you're, pre, you know, your personality is one who makes lists like mine is, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, it, that's kind of what you do. You mm-hmm. know, you're, even if your child has a cold, mm-hmm. you know, or a, you know, an illness or something, you know, you kind of, you might not write it down, but you go through in your head, okay, well, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, did I give them some aspirin? Did I give them a cold towel? Did I call the doctor? What, you know, you just kind of mentally check off what you do. So it was a very, like I said, it was a really endearing thing that she did um, when she you know, and, and pragmatic, right? Why wouldn't you make a list of what are the things that you could do to well, keep these kids certainly calm? calm. If yeah. you're afraid they're going to catch on fire yes. every five minutes, yeah, right. I would certainly have a list and a backup list and probably, yeah. you know, a bag with things in it and some fire yeah. retardant and a fire extinguisher. And So it's funny because I heard an interview and we'll put a link to this in the show notes. Um, but with the author of Kevin Wilson and he is from Tennessee and he's mm-hmm. got a great accent and uh, <laughs> it was a really interesting interview, but he said that that's what he did yeah. when he had got the idea to write this book. He sat down and he made a list <laughs> of what are all the things that you could do to prevent kids from spontaneously combusting. And so I thought, that that appears in the story was really funny. So do you think this is a story he wrote for other parents of young kids? Like it's, it's almost like flashing the, the, the kids anxieties back on the parents. I, th- I think he wrote it for all parents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just new or other, you know, old like me, I don't know. But, um, I think he definitely wanted to make a statement about the responsibilities you face when mm-hmm. you are raising children and the right which you is know, the ever present worry right right because Lillian never stops worrying right that, and and even Madison and and the the children's father Jasper. nobody ever stops worrying mm-hmm. about these kids spontaneously combusting now that's not saying they're worried for the kids benefit right some of them are worried for their own their benefit. own benefit right but um you know the being a parent means living in a state of constant worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's talk about that too, because you said it in his interview, he, as a kid, he suffered from anxiety. Yes. Trem- he said tremendous anxiety and that he often obsessed about spontaneously combusting himself. As a kid. As a kid. He wished he could spontaneously combust because it would relieve him of his anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of made you cry, mm-hmm. you know, want to cry to hear that. But, you know, the fact that he's been able to translate this anxiety that he has mm-hmm. and still lives with, he mm-hmm. says, sure. um, into these, you know, wonderful novels is quite amazing. And I have to add this one point. He wrote this book in 10 days, which right. is talk a little bit about that. Away. So he, he and his wife, like Christopher said, raised these two children and there are two children who don't spontaneously combust. They're, <laughs> they're normal. And, um, she's an author as well. 
and he a poet, yeah. a poet, and he explains that they each take eight to ten days, two different times during the year, go to their family's cabin alone, write for eight to ten days, and that's their window. That's their to window. To complete whatever they have. Oh my goodness! And then the rest of the time, they're. I mean, they have. He's a an associate professor, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, he said they're raising their two boys. Yeah. And you can tell that he takes his role as a parent to be the supreme, his supreme responsibility. Yeah. Supreme job. His, you know, his one task. And writing is writing. Yeah. I think that comes out as the theme in his writing because his other stories very much have to do with family dynamics, especially around parents who do things successfully or do things unsuccessfully in their children's eyes or vice versa. And, um, you know, I will also say I didn't, before you had mentioned that to me, I didn't realize he wrote this book in such a a compact Mm -hmm. period of time. I will say it reads that way. It refreshingly reads that Mm -hmm. way. It's got a really good pace to it. I, I love that about it. I mm-hmm. love that. And I think you and I talked a little bit about his sparsity of language. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it's, that's, I'm getting a little too into the weeds or esoteric here, but I, I loved the way he was so purposeful mm-hmm. in, with the language that he used. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes it's nice to read flowery descriptions that go on for three pages, but in a case like this, it wasn't needed. And there wasn't a word in there that was overused. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I love it when you can kind of tell the personality or the characteristics of the author and the writing in a way that doesn't get in front of the story. Yeah. What I liked about this, just, just a very minor thing, is he's obviously a book person and a reader himself. That's not yeah. always a given with authors. And um, it comes out here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a point where Lillian is showing Bessie and Roll in their new place, and there's all these books that Bessie can read. And, and yes. Bessie is given free reign to read those books, which is a kind of a, a wonderful experience, like many children experience when they come into a library for the first time. And right. the children's librarian says, These are your books, you can check them out. Like yeah. there's often this wonderment and control and power that mm-hmm. comes with that. Sure. And then of course later there's a there's an episode about going into a library and stealing library books. That, um, which just struck my heart. I loved I loved I laughed out loud <laughs> reading those pages. I loved that part of yeah. the story. Yeah. I thought it was just so brilliant. But at, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're not going to give away the story for this book. It's new. You should go read it yourself. We both, I think, recommend it. Uh, highly. It's a book that is provocative. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, but it does make me think about family relationships. Yeah. It's a quick read, as we just yes. discussed. It was quickly written, and I think it's under 200 pages. Mm-hmm. And um, again, every it's a, it's a book everyone else is reading. If any of you are doing the 2020 Tournament of Books, it's one of the the couple dozen books that are put on that this year in good company. And so it's a, it's well worth your time. And and if those, those of you out there that have book clubs, this would be a great book club yeah. book. Um, great. So many points to discuss and yeah, yeah. I, I really loved it a lot. How many books do you read about, ex, you know, exploding children? That's It's so, I would have never thought of having a topic <laughs> like this. <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for listening to the book section. We'll be right back with our conversation. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I 
got a bad design Welcome back, listeners. We're here at the seed conversation part of our our podcast today. Yay, we get to talk with someone else. I know. Our listeners get a break from us. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so keeps bringing people back. I hope so. So we're really excited to have our guest today. Christopher, do you yeah. want to introduce her? Yeah. So I'm really pleased to have my colleague from the library here today, Anna Ceruti. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. Thank Hello. you for Hi, having me. Anna. Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining, joining us. us. Um, so yeah, Anna, I've been here for a little over a year, and mm-hmm. you've been with the library at least since I got here, and a wonderful colleague. So we're going to chat a little bit about what you do sure. and uh, what you enjoy about your role in Mono County. But first, perhaps you can kind of give us your origin story. Where did you start and how did you end up here (laughs) and why? Well, um, I am from Italy originally and I came uh, to the United States for the first time. It was 2011 Mm -hmm. and I was just I wanted to learn English, and mm-hmm. rock climb was all I was thinking about <laughs> back then. <laughs> rock climbing. It's so. in the natural place that you would come here. Yes. <laughs> they don't have rock climbing in Italy like Oh, this? yeah, we do oh, okay. a yeah. lot. Um, is, is it a big... Is it a big sport in Italy? Uh, I would say maybe not as big as here, okay. uh, mm. but it's still pretty big. Yeah. And I was just out of, I quit this job and I was in a little sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to climb and I just didn't have enough people to do so because everybody was working. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just decided to come uh, to Yosemite and um, I've been traveling for a few months. I had to go back for visas mm-hmm. uh, reasons. Mm-hmm. And I came back the year after uh, for the same reason. I was happier about my English, but mm-hmm. not yet satisfied. <laughs> um, and I still had a lot to climb yeah. uh, around the area. And um, it happened that I met my husband just before my traveling visa was expiring. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and Everything happens in place. Yeah, he's yes. a climber as well. Uh, yeah, we okay. used to. We're okay. actually not climbing as much anymore. Um, you just cannot you're do everything. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. do other sports as well. <laughs> 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 There's only 24 hours in yeah. seven days a week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but you sound very goal driven. I mean, you know. I need to learn English and I want to improve my rock climbing. Let's go across the world. Not many people would be brave enough to do that. Oh, yeah. Ask yeah. my mother. She got a heart attack. The <laughs> you know, I, I want to... Imp- she painted a couple rooms in the house every time, like the first time <laughs> and the second half. <laughs> Just to get it all out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I only took one semester of Italian in college. I want to improve my Italian, so maybe I can go back and stay in your town and improve my Italian. Well, and go yeah. rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> or you can come at the Adult Education Center on Wednesday oh. evenings, and we're starting Italian class on the 22nd. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your language teaching. Uh, yeah, so I've been working with Shanna at the Adult Education Center uh, here. Um, has been almost two years now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been teaching English second language, uh, mm-hmm. which I totally love doing. And uh, we did a few classes of mm-hmm. Italians already and Italian language. And yeah. we're starting again 
here in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Oh. And, and we should say that's here in Mammoth Lakes and the education center is actually part um, of the library. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's still an uh, office of education. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's no charge for those No charge classes. for the classes. Yeah. Great. Isn't that great? Yes. I love free stuff. Me I know, too. right? <laughs> <laughs> and not enough people know about it. Exactly. Who, mm-hmm. who do you typically get in your English as a second language class? Well, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of workers from town, you mm-hmm. know, the Latino community is mm-hmm. really a big uh, part of our community. Yeah. Um, and it's great that they're uh, working on improving their language, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully getting better jobs, better pay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and mostly is from the Latino community. There yeah. are some f- people from South America, some mm-hmm. travelers. That's great. Um, yeah, but mostly it's very, is locals. Um, yeah. It's a great way to get to know a lot of people in town too. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a, I think is a nice way to mix the realities. It's mm-hmm. kind of sometimes hard to get that, uh, interfacing. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciate it because I feel it's something, uh, very helpful, uh, not that learning Italian is not helpful, <laughs> <laughs> but I take that, I put that more into the hobby uh, mm-hmm. aspect, whereas, whereas when I'm teaching English, I really feel like we're doing something. Yeah, um, totally. And you run some other programs from the library too. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I uh, started a little partnership with the uh, United Farm Workers Foundation mm-hmm. from Fresno uh, because uh, having gone through the citizenship process myself right. and knowing how hard that is uh, and expensive, mm-hmm. um, I really felt that uh, our community needed some support mm-hmm. in the United Farm Workers Foundations is they do uh, free legal help. Um, And so I kind of opened the door with them to see if we could do it at a distance and they were happy to uh, explore the possibility and it's been a few months now and we had a few people going through the process. So great. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Uh, Yeah. And thanks to the library that let us, uh, let me use the space and the time for that too. Well, it's it's part of what a library wants to do is to help people along their path and help them find the information, Mm -hmm. navigate the information, Mm -hmm. which can be such a challenge, especially if you're new to the country or unfamiliar with the bureaucracy here. What I really liked about you starting that program up and it made me excited is in coming from New York city, these programs are everywhere because most of not most of, but 37% of New York city is foreign born. Mm -hmm. So the path to citizenship is a really important and difficult thing. And there are a lot of services that do that. So talking with you about it last year, you brought to my attention that there's really hardly any resource in the Eastern Sierra for people who need to get on that path. Right. Short of driving across the mountains to Fresno, which you really can only do in the summertime. Right. (laughs) You know, and it costs a lot of money and and what have you. So this I see is a real resource for people who live in this beautiful area Mm -hmm. and and want to become a more solid part of the community. Yeah. And the process itself is very stressful on its own Mm -hmm. and so uh it's not impossible to do it uh on your own Mm -hmm. but uh your language 
skills have to be already up to the task. And uh, anyways, uh, having somebody that can just double check what you're doing and that the paperwork looks fine is just crucial to right. be able to sleep at night yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> through the process. <laughs> it's, it's been something that we've needed in, in this area for so long, and it's just really a wonderful thing that you're doing. You're changing people's lives. Thank you. Yeah, we're helping. And thank you to the United Farm Workers, yeah. Farm Workers yeah. Foundation in for being a, that are being very flexible and helpful. Being a, a yeah. good partner mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's Great terrific. partnership, yeah. You also, uh, a couple of other things, you also run the Facebook online book club for the library out of Mammoth Lakes. Yes. <laughs> How's that been? Uh, fun. Uh, <laughs> as everything, you know, it's starting a little um, slowly, mm-hmm. step by step. Uh, we did a few books. Uh, has been exciting to just pick different titles and have to go maybe a little out of what I would mm-hmm. usually read um, to accommodate uh, people, mm-hmm. uh, but has been very fun. And that was another thing that I felt uh, strongly about being uh, living in the Eastern Sierra that um, above all through the winter, the transportation mm-hmm. is not yeah. as easy. And so my thinking has been, you know, maybe people don't want to get in the car through a storm right. to <laughs> come to the library talking about a book and yeah. why can't we do this from home right. on our couches? So yeah. tell, explain to us how it works. Well, we created a, a group which is called the Memo Lakes Online Book Club and um, we or I pick books <laughs> at, for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as the numbers grow, we probably will open it up as a voting process. Um, but uh, as of now, I'm picking the books um, and um, we, uh, I usually give three weeks, three okay. to four weeks for people to be able to read it. Um, and, uh, and then we have the discussion on the Facebook page, okay. uh, on the Facebook group. So uh, I post questions and uh, people just get in there and have little chats about it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really fun. Cool. I, I, I come at it from the same point you do on the, in the sense that, you know, when I first got here, people asked, could we do a countywide read? Citywide reads and countywide reads are big things in libraries and communities across the country and they have their value. They're also kind of a lot to pull off and they tend to focus on one book as an event and then you wait another year or two and do another one. But here, doing something online, to your point, anyone in Mono County from Colville all the way down to Paradise or Benton or Oasis, the ranches that are practically (laughs) in Nevada, can participate in an online conversation Mm -hmm. from the comfort of their home or their school or their workplace on yeah. their own time. We have some people that are even uh, old second homeowners yeah. and they stay here for a few months mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I don't even know where they leave, but they pitch in. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exciting. And talking about the uh, countywide, uh, the, not this last book, but the one before, uh, it was After the Flood by mm-hmm. Montag. And that was an opportunity that came up because the uh, American Library Association had this uh, nationwide read, mm-hmm. which I found uh, uh, really uh, interesting, mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and so they just 
uh, had the digital copy of the book mm-hmm. available for everybody at the same time to read. And I thought that was pretty neat uh, yeah. experience. Just the idea of being reading together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something. Uh, it makes the, the experience difference, yeah. <laughs> different. And what book are you all reading right now? Uh, we are just done with There, There by okay. Tommy Orange. Oh, uh, I yeah. heard of that book. I know, because, because you guys talked Dave. about oh, it. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, Anna, is, our guests are reminding us of our own podcast yes. conversations. <laughs> I'm glad somebody can. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone listening to this, regardless of where you live, can join this yes. conversation, right? Yeah. The yeah. group is there and it's open and just click the join button and pitch in. <laughs> yeah. We encourage people to, to pay attention when the next book gets announced. Yeah. Yeah. So we do will. you have a time frame for when you're going to announce the next title? Uh, it's probably going to be in about a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Let's keep the suspense there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. We have, I think we have over 50 people in the club, mm-hmm. registered in the club, not all of Not them participating all at the same time. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I also think that sometimes people might be a little uh, shy to yeah. pitch in. Uh, and uh, I think that just going on and on with time, people will start kind of finding a little more their voices and yeah. just finding more ease to uh, pitch in with their ideas. But it's also always interesting for the from the admin point of view to see the numbers of um, people that actually read mm-hmm. the questions. And I know that even if they're not quite answering, people are paying attention. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's great. And, and we encourage people not to be shy. We're very supportive, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we want people to... M- be reading and be reading conspicuously and, and, and be engaged and be engaged. Don't be shy. Yeah. You also kind of spearheaded something that's going on right now in January on Wednesdays in Mammoth. Meditation circle. Meditation circle. <laughs> How's that going? Great. We had a very good uh, turnout the first time and uh, we have the second time here in a couple of days. Uh, people are very excited. Um, I think that we should strive to get this one just go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you lead the meditation? No, 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 okay. no, no. Uh, I wish I had that mm-hmm. inner calm to do that. <laughs> I'm one of the people that really need to attend. <laughs> uh, no, we have Liz Fleming from Crowley. Okay. Uh, she's a great friend of mine, and um, she kind of uh, agreed uh, when we were uh, asking nice. uh, around um, about leading her uh, about trying this first mm-hmm. session and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. About the whole idea of uh, libraries being, uh, you know, the place where you go and find books and mm-hmm. knowledge, but also uh, nowadays uh, community mm-hmm. uh, uh Involved in the community, um, I think it's very important that uh, we kind of give some of these uh, life-changing yeah. sure. programs that just help people find their balance uh, in nowadays Especially <laughs> lifestyle. N- yeah. Again, what I like about this is, you know, meditation and mindfulness mm-hmm. are such important things to think about. And 
libraries as well, especially in the state of California, are beginning to look at ways we can help people talk about mindfulness, about mental health issues mm-hmm. and mental wellness in new and more comfortable ways. Mm-hmm. And even just having a meditation circle regularly in the library just reinforces that this is a space mm-hmm. where you can be comfortable to talk yeah. about mm-hmm. it. We have recently through a grant, we received numerous book mm-hmm. sets on uh, different mental wellness topics ranging yep. from grief to anxiety. We, we just talked about a book yep. about anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, and mindfulness for children and for adults. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we just kind of want right. to support being more open mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And welcoming. Yeah. Right. These topics, yeah, right? definitely. So, so in Italy, are libraries community spots or how are they? Well, um, you know, I've been here for seven years okay. now, so <laughs> I, um, I'm not quite sure uh, as of lately. <laughs> um, but I used to go to the public library in, uh, not in my hometown, but the mm-hmm. town where I go to school uh, mm-hmm. to do my homeworks. And um, I don't remember necessarily about programs going okay. on because maybe age-wise I yeah. was not um, looking that for that. Uh, I do remember that uh, the one thing that uh, still resonates with me about that library, not in a positive way, is that they had most of their books in the back and you couldn't just browse to the shelves. And it's something that I never could stand. (laughs) (laughs) Not uncommon in older European Mm -hmm. communities. There's nothing better than just wasting quote unquote wasting yeah. half right. an hour just browsing through a shelf. So I could be there forever. I, I, I could yeah, do it forever. Exactly. You know. Like a whole day. Mm-hmm. And could. come back with a pile of twenty yes. books hoping that you'll yeah. get to half of them. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. So, Anna, you also have another outside life. The library is only part of your life. Yes. So, <laughs> you also teach cross-country skiing. Yeah. Uh, I work at the uh, cross-country ski center here in Mema, uh, at Tamarack, and um, I've been working there for three years now, um, and I... I'm a ski instructor mm-hmm. and I uh, coach um, the kids' programs and some of the adults' programs. Uh, what do you love about that? I think it's still kind of the community drive. Uh, the fact that you're doing something like for the kids' programs is just uh, awesome for me that mm-hmm. these kids have the opportunity for really little money to come out and enjoy yeah. the snow and mm-hmm. uh, just do sports and be together and be in a place that um, is not necessarily about racing. It's just about having fun together and uh, learn to appreciate nature yeah. together um, and yeah, I love these kids. They they are a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Christopher, we one of our upcoming adventures has to be we have to go and have Anna give us a lesson. Yeah, we do. We we so we were talking about we were yes. talking about it. <laughs> Wills and I went out because my partner Wills had never been cross country mm-hmm. skiing before we moved out here, and so we finally bit the bullet and came up a few weeks ago. And you were working there. I at had Tamarack. a couple lessons that yeah. morning, and um, it didn't work out. So we just went <laughs> out on our own. I had. It's kind of kind of like riding a bike. The classic cross country skiing. Right. There's yeah. skate skiing and other types that I don't really familiar with. I couldn't remember how to stop. So <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. So, you know, listeners, if you've ever if you're not familiar with the Tamarack Lodge's 
ski loops. It goes up around the lakes above Mammoth and it is utterly gorgeous. It's a beautiful place to go and I encourage everyone to do it. There are some hills that you'll have to go down. And, um, you know, as I learned, you know, if you do it correctly, you could fall pretty gracefully and stop, (laughs) but that's probably not the best way. So we'll go back and we'll learn. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to come too. (laughs) Yeah. And I won't laugh. (laughs) You can laugh. I'm just always some laughing. (laughs) I always laugh. If you don't laugh at yourself falling, everyone else will. No, it's so true. What I always tell (laughs) the kids is that we don't laugh at each other, right. but we love with, with each, each other. other. So that's fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just only allowed to laugh after he starts. Okay. <laughs> that's usually how it works it's anyway, fine. right? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so on the, um, the, the, what do you, I just want to ask you this question because you came from a beautiful part of Italy. You told me where you're from and I'm kind of familiar with the area. This is a beautiful part of the United States and mm-hmm. of California. What do you love about the Eastern Sierra or what do you find the most unexpected or inspiring? I know that's a really broad question. Uh, It is and it isn't. (laughs) I think that that's part of why we're here. Um, I think the nature and just the spaces, um, there is not such a thing in Europe in general. It's Mm. a little more populated, Mm -hmm. as you probably know. Uh, So... In Italy, even when you go out in the mountains and you hike for hours and you know, you're know climbing a peak and then you get to the top and you hear the music from the little village <laughs> on the other side kind of thing. There's no escaping. It wow. happens uh, pr- fairly often, um, which is, you know, has its beauty uh, and, its, uh, and its downsides. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, over here, I don't know, just the mountains, the spaces, the fact that you can, um, I mean, you know, we live in the winter, but you drive not even an hour south right. to Bishop and go for a run or a bike ride in right. mm-hmm. 50, 60 degrees weather. Right. Um, the fact that you have both the desert and the mountains and the forest and just endless miles of trails. Uh, road biking is just gorgeous. Yeah. Running, mm-hmm. you're not, you could run not on the same trail and run every day of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Without having to move too far to do so. <laughs> um, the ski, um i um i really i am a, I'm, I'm i will not say I, I am a winter person i am a four season person mm-hmm. um, i could not live in winter year round but right. either, neither the summer will work <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so i like that of here that you can get your summer and your mid seasons and then mm-hmm. a full nice uh exciting winter um yeah i think it Somehow it reminds me of home. Uh, I'm used to the mountains for um, my husband, I think, will like to live maybe a little warmer place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's not from Italy, though. No, he's from Northern California. Uh, And he used to escape to South America Mm -hmm. every winter until he met me. (laughs) (laughs) He's really a warm weather. It's been a big trade-off for him. (laughs) Um, But I could not live without a winter. So... Um, so yeah, it reminds me of home uh, in that sense, but also you have way more spaces yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you don't get to experience as well over there. Also, you can go for runs in the mountains and not gain 
3,000 meters of elevation <laughs> in Iran because of the glacier-shaped right. valleys right. over here. Yeah. Right. The Alps is all like very steep up or very steep down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> I love that you're being a, a four-season person. I, I, I really I like that. I hadn't thought about it like that before, but I... I think I am too. You need, <laughs> nice. those, you need all the seasons. You need the breaks. You for really sure. yeah. do. Yeah. So, Anna, we ask all of our guests, what are you reading now? Uh, well, uh, I uh, am. I was actually just done with There, There, mm-hmm. and I have to say I did not start another book yet. <laughs> um, but just before There, There, uh, I was reading um, Wonder Woman mm-hmm. um, in Spanish. Um, and it was kind of a fun, easy read. <laughs> the graphic novel? Uh, no, no, the book. The book, okay. <laughs> yeah. In Spanish. That's In Spanish. admirable. That's... <laughs> Sometimes you have to freshen it up. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet what I'm going to read, or actually I do know, but I don't want to disclose the <laughs> no, title okay. for yeah, the next we book club. No, we, <laughs> quite we want to keep, keep the intrigue going. Uh, but I can tell you something about what I like to read. Yeah. Yes, um, please. I am very uh, athletic or into sports, so I am usually picking books about uh, sports and how to improve your sports. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know you had Dina Kasser just last uh, week and I totally loved her book. Um, I, uh, one of the books that I read actually almost a year ago now, but that's uh, Endure by Hutchinson. Right. And I found that fascinating. Um, And it's still about uh, improving your sports. Um, Scott Jerick has been one of my favorite. Favorite I, l- I love his books too. <laughs> yeah. North yeah. was the, one of his recent books. North right? was his latest, yeah. uh, but Eat and Run, I think, was oh, far right, That right, was right. great. That was yeah. a, love that book. I think I've read it three times. It's great. <laughs> and um, yeah. Those mm. are great recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and apropos know. of a lot of people who live around here, yes. it's not just you and Dina Castor. No, there is no. <laughs> really a culture of outdoor activity mm-hmm. and health and, and yes, improving yourself yeah. around here. Yes, in fact, I'm hoping that the next book pick is going to be kind of about that. Okay. All right, we can't wait, <laughs> listeners. Be ready. Exactly. Pay attention. Be checking in with us. Anna, thank you so much yeah, for being for with us, us today. This was really wonderful to talk to you and get to know you a little better. Yeah, thank you for Appreciate having me. It. This was fun. Thanks mm-hmm. for all your work that you're doing for the community. Thanks to do, of giving me the space to do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's our pleasure. It is. So listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of Oxygen Starved Adventure Books and Conversation from 11,000 Feet. You know, you can find us on all the podcast platforms now pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, where you should rate us and write a review so other people find us. SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. I think you can find us through Stitcher. Mm -hmm. You can also find us at our website, oxygenstarvedpodcast.com or our Instagram, O2Starved. So yeah, absolutely. Find us, rate us, tell your friends, comment on Instagram, email us from the website so we can hear what you think about any of these books or any suggestions you might have. And in the meantime, enjoy winter. Take a breath. Sit down. Well, no, get outside, enjoy, then come back in and sit down with a good book. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. 
Take care. Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. In Competech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.